I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. It's got to 2-2, two, two, and we've still got more than half an hour to go, and here's Ozil. Hello, welcome to another uh, Touchy Goodness podcast. My name's Lewis. Um, I'm joined by Sean and only Sean at the moment. Anyway, how you doing, Sean? Yeah, what's happening, man? All good, all good. Yourself? Yeah, yeah. Hey, wait, wait, wait. we get a bit of background noise from you, actually. I think it's, I don't know if you got a fan on or something. No. Oh, sounds... Sean's having some technical difficulties. It's okay. It's okay. We're good. We're good. We're good. Um. Anyway, let's let's uh let's just move forward. We're gonna um we'll probably have. Sh- I think Shabs is coming on. Shabs is supposed to be coming on. Um. So we'll have Shabs shortly. Uh. German Dan pulled out last minute. You know. Um. It's it's all looking a bit like Arsenal's transfer business at the moment. A bit a bit all over the place. And uh, but we'll try our best to navigate through. Right. Um, we've done a few Patreon pieces as of late, guys. So if you haven't tuned into that, feel free to check out our Patreon page and um, all our uh, Patreon pieces are on there. Um, help support Touchy Gunas and uh, subscribe to that. Um, yes, Simply Trinity, we have. We've got a lot of to unpack today. Absolutely. So um, I guess th- the only place to start really... Um, is the big news of the week, which I guess is the Granite Xhaka um, contract renewal, right? Um, I mean, look, as 
over the years, um, we've been left very disappointed as Arsenal fans, right? Very deflated, like a, a lot of negative emotions attached to being an Arsenal fan over the last, especially over the last decade or so, right? And I thought the day where I could be even more dejected and disheartened and flattened than I that I already am. Um, would be hard to come by. I didn't expect it to be this soon, actually. I didn't expect it to be this soon in, 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 in the season. And when I saw the news that we were about to offer Granite Xhaka, not only keeping him at the club, not selling him, but the fact that we're then going to offer him a contract extension on top of that, that my mood just dropped completely like i was i was walking on, on the high road in in my local area and i just wanted to have a i just wanted to call, call someone out a little guy i just wanted to call a little guy out and just have a fight with him because you know um we got shabs with us now we got shabs. how you doing shabs well i've been better you've been better yeah i think i think we've all been better man we've all been better um i was just basically telling everyone how just emotionally drained i am after the whole Xhaka uh, renewal situation. Um, I, 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 what I've been trying to do over the last, you know, uh, few days really is just try and think of like logical reasons behind why the club has done it. And, you know, I think me, I, I'm not as negative as some people are, um, but I I guess what I'll, I'll leave, I'll come to Sean first. And Sean, maybe you can try and give us a bit of logic behind the uh, the Granite Xhaka contract extension. Yeah, I um, it's uh, <laughs> it's it's quite depressing, man. It's very very deflating. I mean, technically, if you ask, I, I always think Arteta really liked the player. Do you know what I mean? He always wanted to keep him. I think the desire to leave was driven by Xhaka's camp. So obviously, Arsenal put out their stance, which was twenty million, um, and obviously uh, Roma weren't willing to meet it. Do you know what I mean? And and it's 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 not like they couldn't pay it because they paid twenty million for a striker from Genoa. So really, really, if they wanted to pay it, they could pay it. So um, Arsenal stood firm, actually, rightly so in in this instance, in my opinion. Um, but yeah, I, I I mean, it's very disappointing that he's not alone. Gonna you know, I was really really excited. Like after five years, I thought this is the time to change. This is the time to get a new centre mid in to try and make Arsenal a bit more dynamic. To try and get a bit more of a a dynamic partner next to party, someone who's a bit better under pressure. And um, yeah, I, I mean, we were left, um, you know, I was left stunned when I saw the news. And um, I mean, to be fair, it's, it's like I said, he's okay. Xhaka's okay. He's a functional player. Do you know what I mean? We know what he can do, but we also know his severe limitations and what that impacts and, and you know, how that um, defines us as a team because, you know, Xhaka can't play in a midfield free. We're stuck with a pivot. You know, him and party is pretty much going to be the first choice lineup now for the next um, two, three years. So it's a shame. I was hoping we'd be a bit more flexible in terms of what we go for. Um, but now we've locked ourselves into him, you know, until 2025. So for me, it's imperative we go out and buy a 10 and, you know, another forward who can make us a lot more dangerous this season. So those, those, yeah, those resources that. that, yeah, those resources that we were going to, you know, pile into a centre mid, you know, you talk of the Locatelli, Neves, Bruno, Grimares. So there were options there and they were all looking around the 40 million range. So you need to put that towards that 10 or that forward and, you know, make sure we add um, players that are going to move the needle further up the pitch. 
Yeah, sorry about that, guys. I, I, I had to, I had, you know, I wait all day for the bloody podcast, and then the, the moment I start the podcast, I get a knock on the door. So, you know, that's that's uh, sod's law, isn't it? So, yeah, um, I, I didn't quite catch everything that you said, Sean, because I had to quickly dart out of the room for those who didn't see that on camera. But um, I'm assuming that you were uh, particularly downbeat on the on the contract um extension so I'll, I'll 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 leave it with that um shabs uh any any additional thoughts on to the jaka contract i've got nothing much to say really in addition to what sean said um <clears throat> it's just for me the, the 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 most baffling thing is this is a player who is up for sale um, you know, we know that he, there have been a few instances where he's wanted out. I think he wanted to go to Mönchengladbach and um, a couple of years ago when he, when, you know, we had the fallout with the fans and then um, he was speaking quite openly and entertaining the idea of going to Rome, Roma. Um, him and Mourinho were flirting in public. So um, it, it's, it, to me, it kind of looks like um, the writings on the wall looked a little bit like a foregone conclusion. Um but then they don't make the bid. And so our response to that is to extend the contract. Um, you know, I think the, my understanding is that it's at least until 2024. So it's at least three years. Um, I think it probably goes on to 2025. So, um, yeah, man, this is us for the foreseeable future. And that's okay. it. I think if we can't get rid of him now. I don't think, I don't think we ever will. I just, I just wonder what the plan is, right? Because uh, yeah, I'm sure we're going to hear all this rhetoric now coming out of the club that, you know, we always wanted to keep Granite. He's an integral part of the squad. I mean, we've already heard some of it coming out now, right? It's so clear that we were trying to actively get rid of this guy, right? We were trying to sell him. We thought it was done. We were all having parties on the street. I mean, it just goes to show, guys, do not celebrate until... What, what's the old saying? Don't celebrate until it's on the Arsenal website, right? That that couldn't be more clearer from this situation here, yeah? We were all doing acrobatics and celebrations. You know, Sean was, gave up on his prayers. Sean stopped doing his prayers because he thought it was going to happen, right? He thought it was done. He thought it was a done deal. But, you know, unfortunately, it hasn't happened, Um you know, I, I, it's not even a situation where a player. I don't. I don't even think Xhaka himself. I don't even know if he particularly wanted the move to Roma per se, because otherwise he could have maybe just forced it through. Um, I just, I, I can somewhat see a logical and rational argument for keeping Xhaka around, right? I, I can see it. Keep him around as like, uh, you know, another centre midfielder option but still improve, right? I, if, if you had told me we'd sign another a centre midfielder, sign another centre midfielder, and, you know, we'll keep Xhaka on the books, whatever, keep him until next year and maybe sell him off next year. And, you know, Lokonga is his natural replacement or whatever like that. Do you know what? In my head, I can process it. And I, I'm not necessarily happy with it, but I can process it and I can say, do you know what? Cool, if that's the way you want to do it, right? But to, to give him an extension, what? where is the logic behind it? Where is the logic behind it? We're not only going to, you know, he doesn't have a value to protect. No sod wants him. You know, Roma wanted to pay £12 million for him, right? He is at the pinnacle, at the peak of his value, right? It, it, 
we aren't going to get any more money for him next year. We're going to give him what? Um, an extra couple of years on the contract or whatever. Probably a pay rise, I'm assuming. So we're probably going to have a 32-year-old Jacker pushing what? 130k a week? That sound about right? I think it what ain't Shaka close to that now. So I think the pay rise is probably gonna be substantive, to be honest yeah. with you. I think it yeah, I think it I think it shits on 130k a week. Do you reckon? Yeah. I mean, man. if that's if that's if that's the truth, then that's fucking scary. Because well, when, you know, remember, we've got no reason to give him the pay rise. Well, when he no came in, wasn't he on a hundred grand when we initially signed him? He was on something like a hundred K a week. Probably, and then, maybe a bit less. Yeah, but give or take. And then he had the um contract extension um under just, just just yeah, just when Emery signed he had a contract yeah. extension. So oh, yeah. Yeah, man. He's he's yeah, he, he's a, he's on mugger, man. He's 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 getting the screws. So that's it. And and I think this, you know this is part of the bigger problem as well. We're talking about um, selling, protecting his value, and that's a narrative that I'd believe if I had confidence in and saw evidence in the hierarchy that we could actually sell players. But a bigger part of the problem for me is it, it's less about the player himself; it's more about the broader implications with this Shaka news. That's that's the that's the thing that's upset me. I've had to live with um, Shaka for this long, so. Even with him for a bit longer is is yeah bothers me, but not not crazy like that. But for me, it's the broader implications. Is that um, we won't sell, we won't go in a different direction. Um, you know, we probably won't get better value than has been offered or put on the table for him. Than um, you know, if we don't do it now, um, that's it, man. The biggest thing for me is that like you know, this is who we will continue to depend on in terms of midfield, which means it's unlikely that there's a change of shape. It's unlikely that there's a change of personnel and therefore a change of direction or playing style, um, intent, a change of ability. Like it, it's just I'm I'm not seeing that that any of these opportunities here with this with this news. I mean, this is the worrying thing, right? Is is I, I tried to allude to it a little bit earlier, is that we looked like we had a, a plan, right? The plan looked like it was Xhaka goes, we sign a replacement. You know, we've, we bought Lakonga in, which I think we're all, you know, we're all really happy with Lakonga. No arguments here, right? But um, the, the, the worrying thing for me is that it looked like we had a plan. And now three weeks from the end of the window, it looks like we've done a complete U-turn on that plan. And that to me is worrying because the club promised us. The club said at the end of last season... We have our targets in mind. We have a plan. You know, we know who we want. The the hard work is done, is what they were saying. And three weeks from the beginning of the... Not even three, but when does the season start? On the 14th, is it? The 14th of, I think it is. 13th, where we we start on Friday the 13th. In a a week. week. Next Friday, yeah. The, The season starts in a week. And now we've decided... This is what we're going to do with our centre midfield. That is absolutely, that's criminal to me. That's absolutely criminal to me. Whether you want to give him a contract extension or not, make that fucking decision. You must have known what the market is like for this guy. You know, you've been trying to sell him since the end of last season. You know, one club has come forth with 12 million. You know, I'm just sorry. It stinks. It really does stink. And I think, um, you know, 
I don't know where we go from here, if I'm being honest. I really don't know where we go from here. It's very worrying. It's very worrying. I mean, look, some people might say it's an opportunity now to look, what's done is done. We've made our decision. Um, too late. I, I feel like it's too late. Um, again, it's another thing. I think I, I heard someone, uh, it might have been Elliot on Ask Vision. He said that he said uh, it's another it's another occasion of Arsenal not making a decision, right? It's just uh, kicking the can down the road. Yeah, we're not we're not making the tough decisions. We're kicking the can down the road. We've done it with so many players, right? We've done it with so many players because we don't want to pull the trigger. Like we're scared to move on. And I thought that was a really pertinent point from Elliot. You know, big up Ask Vision. Um, yeah, I thought it was a really pertinent point from from Elliot, and um, it just makes so much sense. And it, and our cowardice in the market has really um, has really come back to bite us. Really, we're 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 in the position we're in the position we're in because of our cowardice in the market. And you know, we're a week away from playing Brentford next week in our opening game of the season, and we're going to be going into that game with a Xhaka El Nenny partnership, likely. How have we how have we allowed this to happen? How have we allowed this to happen? Um, look, I'm just ranting at the end of the day. I'm just you know venting. Uh, like I said, I've had a few days to think about it, and you know I'm the, the only good thing that I can see from this. I just see simply Trinity. She just said this, guys. The only silver lining is that Mikel literally has nowhere to hide. If in position by Xmas. Um, Oh, yeah, if we aren't in a decent position by Xmas. Uh, she also says Bruno Guimaraes is out of the window, so which was also really, really strange, right? Like, we were linked to Guimaraes on the on the day that Xhaka got the contract renewal. So I was even thinking, I was convinced, trying to convince myself, oh, it's just a, a ploy, you know, a ploy to get Roma serious. Um, but no, no, we, we, uh, you know, we, when we, when we want something done, we get it done quick, especially when it's something like this. So yeah, the Xhaka contract renewal sealed up pre pretty quickly, but yeah, I guess that is a positive, right? Like, um, you know, th these are decisions that, that Arteta is going to have to hang his hat on, right, Sean? Yeah, I, I was, um, I was reading earlier on, like he, he's made, you know, like, you know, when people talk about this is an Arteta squad, well, I think a lot of the decisions that have been made vindicate that, you know, this is his squad. You know, I read since he's been here, he signed, you know, we signed five defenders under him. We signed Mary, we signed Cedric, we signed Gabriel. Um, obviously, we've also ben signed New Ben Tavares. White and, and Nuno Tavares now. So he spent a lot of money, best part of 100 mil on defenders in itself. Do you know what I mean? When our issue is, you know, creating and scoring down the other end. The only attacking player he's brought in has been has been William. Do you know what I mean? So, um, yeah, I feel like obviously he talks about his specificity, how he wants to build up in a specific way. So um, even though the Ben White fee was mad, I get it because obviously in terms of build up, he will help us significantly down there. So that's a decent Louise replacement. But you know, for me, there's there, there's still more questions than answers because for me, there was no reason to send Saliba out. You know. You've renewed holding. I think one of the, the things that worried me last week was, you know, we've had concerns about the guys like Rob Holding and Chambers since like 2016. Do you know what I mean? Five years on, these guys are still key pillars <laughs> within the first team squad and both of them will amass significant minutes this season. And, you know, um, and obviously on Sats, um Sunday, we saw that we tried a real, like, it looks like we're going to be trying to be a really high pressing team this season, which for me is encouraging. It's great. I think, you know, playing one game a week, this is what, the strategy I think we should be adopting, do you know what I mean? Because 
We're not going to be having midweek games. There's not going to be heavy load on the legs. So there's no excuse to not to be going full throttle every week. But when you're trying to adhere to that sort of style, you need the personnel necessary for that style. So obviously Ben White again makes sense, but you know, guys like Chambers and Holden and Mary, they can't defend space at all. They can't defend space. They're not good in 1v1 duels. They're not aggressive enough. So, you know, and we were playing a high line, but we weren't putting a lot of pressure on the ball at times. Um, so in the midfield and, you know, Chelsea got in behind numerous times. So I'm hoping that's something they're working on, um, you know, this week um, for the friendly against Spurs and then um, for next week against Brentford. But I just feel like, yeah, um, Arteta's had his pre-season. He's had a lot of the um, the players he wants in. Um, obviously, we're being told that they want more, but I don't know if that's contingent on outgoing. So it's just still a bit of a, of a shit show for me. And, you know, more needs to be done. We spoke about ruthless summer. I don't think it's been ruthless in any sense of the word. And I know, I know um, the COVID market has played a massive, massive part because if you look around at all the top clubs, um, there was a point that was made well, you know, None of the top clubs have really sold. And and I get that, you know, apart from the Premier League, none of the other real leagues have money. So it, so it is hard, you know, like, for example, I can understand why we can't sell Lacazette because nobody's going to pay his 100k a week, 180k a week wages. So we're probably lumped with him until the end of his deal because nobody can afford to pay him what he wants. Do you know what I mean? So so that sort of stuff I, I, I acknowledge. But, you know, some of the fringe English players we were talking about, I would have thought the guys like Willock, Ainsley Maitland-Niles, Nelson, Eddie, they would have been easier sales that could have, you know, um, generated us some fun. So it's it's it's, um, it's worrying. So unless there's like a big rush late on, there might be, you know, um, I think you mentioned earlier today, um, the Grealish deal and maybe if City get Kane as well, that might trigger, you know, a chain reaction in the market. Um, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm particularly, I'm just worried, just full worried. I've a lot, got a lot of concerns ahead of the season. So, I, I mean, looking at the team as it is now, there's some good promising young players, but we can't bank on that alone. We need quality for the here and now. Um, so, you know, we've spoken about Madison and, and Martinez. Those are really guys we need if we're going to try to move the needle going forward. Yeah, yeah. I, you, you touched briefly on the Chelsea friendly. We haven't had a chance to talk about the Chelsea friendly. Um, you know, we haven't done a podcast since. So, uh, or did you? No, you guys didn't cover it in a Patreon piece. No. Um, yeah. So let, let's talk a little bit about this Chelsea friendly then, Shabs. Um, it was a. I'll give my initial thoughts first. I thought it was very. Um, I thought it was a very intense friendly. Um, you know, it was very competitive. I thought it was very. Uh, back and forth. I don't think we saw too much team shape and structure from either side, really, you know, either side. And we're talking about, you know, a a show side that had been pretty tactically astute since he's come in. Um, Albeit, you know, Chelsea did, I mean, that, whatever team they were playing out there, it was like a lone 11. Like, it was absolutely ridiculous. But, you know, they've got about 40 players in pre-season, don't they? It's an NFL team for Chelsea. But, um, yeah, I thought I thought it was a very open game. Um, I felt like we had a good spell first 20 minutes. I thought we really did well the first 20 minutes. And then uh, once Partey come off injured, I felt like we really lost uh, control in the game. And Chelsea really took over and, you know, um, probably should have put us to the sword multiple times. You know, we'll get on to the the absolutely absurd high line we were playing against Timo Werner, which, you know, is the one player in world football you do not want to, you know, you don't want to do that against. Um, but then I felt like second half was a lot more even, you know, uh, Chelsea had their spells. We had our spells. We had a goal that, you know, we should have, um, you know, should have stood. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, look, I, I don't really know what to take from these games. I'll just try and look at, you know, individual performances, who looks sharp, you know, is there a semblance of what we're trying to do? Um, if, if there's anything I have seen that I feel like we're trying to, I do, I do feel like we're trying to pen teams back a little bit more. You know, we're definitely playing higher up. We're trying to play in the opposition fed. Whether this happens, you know, in the Premier League, I don't know. You know, these things are very easy to try in friendlies with no uh, ramifications to the result or anything like that. You know, even in this day and age, yeah, no one really gives a shit about the result of a friendly, you know. It's, it'll be interesting to see if we do, you know, attempt this style of play um, in the Premier League. If we do attempt it in the Premier League, we're going to need to defend a sight better because I do not want to see... Pablo Mari being isolated 1v1 against Timo Werner on the halfway line. I, I mean, how does that even happen? But um, yeah, I, I thought, I thought uh, you know, I thought, I thought Partey was excellent um, for when he was on the pitch. Um, you know, we'll get into his injury and, you know, the p- potential ramifications of that. Um, I thought Lukonga looked really good when he came in. I thought Emma, Emma Smith-Rowe looked really sharp. I thought Lacazette was pretty good to be fair um he linked up quite well in the first half um who else Tierney looked sharp which was good because just a few weeks ago he did not look sharp at all uh so it's good it's, it just shows you what preseason does but um yeah Shabs I'll come to you uh, just like general thoughts on the game and you know have you taken anything away from that game that you you um you didn't know prior to the game no a- absolutely nothing man um I think as an individual one-off game there's not a great deal to be made of, of that. Honestly speaking, I, it it was it for me. It was a throwaway. Chelsea eleven, like players like Ruben Loftus Cheek. I I don't believe are any part of Thomas Tuchel's plans. Are there? You know, there were low, there were there were a few other guys um, who played for Chelsea. Um, did Chalobah play? Who played? Trevor Chalobah played. Yeah, Trevor Chalobah. Yeah. yeah. So it's like these. I, I don't believe these are guys who are going to feature. You know, when it gets serious, when the season starts at all. I could be wrong, but it's just not what I think at all. So um, to look at that as a one-off game and think much of it, I just think, uh, I think we we should have been able to um, better match that that Chelsea side. But that said, there were decent spells in, in the game. I think looking at it as a collective of all of our pre-season friendlies and knowing that... um, our preseason games, our preseason plans were disrupted. You know, um, I think for, for me, I kind of look at it and think mm, we've got we've got our first league game on Friday. We've played what is that? Three games now, three preseason games now, four preseason cool. games, four preseason games. Um, there's still players who, um, you know, aren't back yet. Haven't kicked a ball. Martinelli hasn't kicked a ball. Um, Saka. Um, Gabriel, um, you know, the, 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 these are some of our um, more integral, more important um, individuals within the squad. Um, Abramyang hasn't looked good at all in pre-season for me, like at all. Like, I'll, I'll just keep it 100. Um, it worries me that Partey's out. It was Shaka's first game back. It was um, Ben White only played like you know half he's just coming into it so I, f- I fully expect Ben White to start by the way um and for me yeah there's a big issue at right back um just in terms of who starts the season there because that just seems to be um just a position of real uncertainty 
in our team. So who actually starts the season there? What what do we actually do for that first game against Brentford? Um, yeah, there were some positives like, you know, Lokonga, I think, yeah, absolutely. Not going to kind of repeat what you've said, but yeah, he was good. ESR, definitely. He had um, sparks about him. Um, Pepe, Pepe has looked sharp in training and I, and I don't think um, in training in pre-season Pepe's look sharp and I, I also don't think that we should be hesitant around um, giving credit to Lacazette when he does play well for me Lacazette does play well like there are many when especially when we tend to play well he tends to play well um, my biggest issue with Lacazette is his lack of mobility and he's just not the striker to lead us like he doesn't get enough goals but um, his overall performances for me are not something to be super super critical of in terms of his all-round game. So I don't think we should be surprised or or um, hesitant to kind of credit him. It's just um, to date in Arsenal colours, he hasn't demonstrated that he can really, really lead the line and be prolific for, for us. I think that's what the Lacazette issue is. So, you know, when I think about all of those things in the broader context, um, I'm not sure... I'm not sure that we're ready. I'm not sure that we're ready to start the season. I'm not sure that we have the the players in who are um, ready. I worry about the impact of Partey not being available because I think he is so critical to our midfield just being able to function. I don't think our midfield can function without Thomas Partey. I don't. Um, I might be wrong, but I haven't seen much evidence of it either. So... Yeah, that's kind of what I think about um, the, the Chelsea game as an A and the broader kind of pre-season and the build-up to the season start as part B. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Yeah, I mean, look, that party injury is very worrying, right? Like, we still we still haven't got any confirmed news about that, do we? About, you know, I know we've seen, like, that. Fucking hell, man. Arsenal fans are the best journalists in the world, aren't they? You know, snapping man out, walking, we walking, not in a boat, you know. <laughs> it's fucking ridiculous, isn't it? But um, yeah, look, um, it's we I'm taking the fact that he isn't in a boot means that it's not a serious injury, right? But the fact that you know it's still it's still fucking mega jarring, right? He's been having a fantastic preseason. Um, where he's been on absolute smoke, absolute smoke. And, you know, he gets clamped and he's now out for potentially four to six weeks. And then that's just him being out injured. You know, then what happens? Does his now, all this preseason preparation that he's done, is that now reversed? Is he going to then have to go and get sharp again? You know, is it going to, and then is that going to impact his season like it did last season? 
all these questions are now going through my head and it's just like, geez, man, give us a break right now. I know you make your own luck. Yeah, but we're not getting the rubber the green. You know, our best player has just gone down injured. Our, be our best striker can't hit a barn door with a bus. Like it is looking particularly stressful right now. Um, Sean, um, listen, I'm sure you're as worried as I am about the party injury, but, um, you know, just just general thoughts on how we can shape up and, and the impact that this party injury is going to have on us, really. Yeah, yeah, like like you both said, it's it's a real shame because he, he's looked our best player in preseason, and I feel like you know with him you really saw the difference because I think at times last season party just didn't look that fit, um, and he looked like he was really shaping up to be proper fit and proper ready to go for the start of the season. He looked like he was really you know taking ready to take the mantle and handle ha have the keys to the midfield. So it's a real shame. Um, it's a shame how it's come. Um, obviously, it was a very competitive game with Chelsea. They were they were quite physical in that game. Um, so I, yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know. Like, obviously, I would like to see. You know, for me, we spent twenty million on Lokonga. I'd throw him in. Do you know what I mean? In the cameos he's had in preseason, I think he's looked sharp. Um, and even if he's not fully ready or fully acclimatized, he needs to play to get fully acclimatized. So for me, he goes straight above El Nenny in the pecking order, and he should play alongside Jacker. So he should be taking that role that um yeah, and, can I just, yeah and can I just interject like it, we I agree with you a hundred percent on the Congo. Yeah, we signed him, yeah, we signed him, we spent big money on him, we signed him to play him, play him. Like mm -hmm. if 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 Arteta, if we don't have Partey and Arteta is persisting with using all of these other options, yeah, without throwing and giving uh, and allowing Lokonga to shoot a fair one. Um, I've already been done with this guy, but it tells everyone else everything that they need to know about this coach and who he is. And that, that's all. Sorry to interrupt. That's all. <laughs> nah, it's, it's all right. I was just going to say, at this stage, we know El Nenny's not going to give us anything new. We've watched El Nenny for five years. Do you know what I mean? And we he, know. We know. We know. Like he's he... aged in preseason as well. So <laughs> yeah, and like... he, he just with all due respect, you know, being just serious, El Nenny doesn't have anything special to his game. He he keeps the ball ticking. He recycles the ball. Um, occasionally, he scores like a thirty-yard banger, but he doesn't bring enough. Um, to the midfield, you know, we need that extra layer of dynamism, and you know, every everyone likes what we've seen of Lokonga so far. He's six foot, he's mobile, he's agile. Um, he looks to be able to be good in duels. But I mean, the thing I've loved most about him is his, is his utilization of the ball. I think we can all remember that ball he played on Sunday against Chelsea, the ball he clipped over to Pepe. Um, you know, that should have resulted in a goal for us because Willock scored and it was over the line, but that was a great move. Um, so yeah, I. I like Shab said, there's no reason why he can't play. Do you know what I mean? We bought him for 20 million. The objective of him is to play. Obviously, we know when Xhaka and Party are both fit, he'll be the first sub, and I'm, that's fine. That makes sense. But I, I, I will lose it if you know we start against Brentford and on any starting because oh, you know we're, mean... we're, we're, when we're not going to get anything new. Do you know what I mean? So and also, like you said. Um, with Xhaka and um, Elneny, they will play basically beside each other. It, it's a flat midfield. We need to stagger it a bit more. You know, Lokonga's a, he's, he's a lot more rangy and, and he's a lot more dynamic in terms of what he can do. So for me, if he doesn't start, I think he's very, very disappointing. Very, very disappointing. I mean, I think we will know what Arteta is going to line up with come opening day, right? We will know it's going to be Xhaka and Elneny. Um, I've got no doubts about that. I think we've got more chance of fucking signing Harry Kane than we do of seeing Laconga and Jacka start in the opening day of the season. Um, 
you know, that's just a, you know, look, I mean, look, there are many more things that go into football than just, you know, the player and, you know, may, maybe he isn't ready. Um, I don't, I don't know. Um, but I, I'm with you guys. I would like to see Lokonga from a strictly football point of view. Um, he's impre- He's been, you know, along with, part, uh, you know, after party, he's been our, our most impressive midfielder. I know Xhaka hasn't, you know, I know Xhaka hasn't played. Um, just, uh, Shabs, you, you touched on Aubameyang saying you're particularly worried by him. Um, did you not, did you did you not see any signs of improvement from Aubameyang in this game at all? No, I haven't seen anything from Aubameyang for for a substantive period of time. Now, I'll be honest with you. Going back into the like, I think we're going to have to put our heads together and scratch real hard here to think about when we've seen a performance. From when's the last time we saw a performance from him, which was really, really, really um, stand out. Like really, like you know, he's played well, he's he's performed well, he's got goals or, or or had a meaningful contribution, a meaningful input to the game, to the team's performance. I can't I can't recall when the last time that was for Abramian. Um, these are the things that worry me. Less so um, about um, him not scoring or him having a drought. Strikers go through that. Strikers go through that. My thing is that when he doesn't score. His input on the game is nothing, is zero. So my man's not getting goals in in in, in preseason, Meh. but he's not performing well in preseason games either. So it's kind of like, listen, this this needs to um, this needs to get sticky. And it, I, I hear it. I'm seeing like you know people are talking about uh, the system. We've had these debates time and again. We've spoken about having a key chance creator. Um, which will make all the difference and blah, 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 blah. Even with the improvement post-Christmas, we didn't see an improvement in the others' performances. Yeah, part of it is an Arteta issue. We know this, but, you know, this is it. This is the situation. Like, we're lumbered. Like, we're lumbered with this situation. Like, we have Arteta as coach. He hasn't found the best way to get the very best out of Obama Yang. And so, you know, it's not really, it's, it's not working. But, What's the solution? Do you know what I mean? Like, what's the realistic solution? We know the obvious solutions are you change one, you change the other. Arteta's not going to go. Um, and Arsenal can't afford to or can't get rid of. I just think it will be the wrong move to kind of get rid of or even drop Aubameyang. But it's not working. It's definitely not working. Yeah, I, I, I think I'm guilty of this thing with Aubameyang where um, I think we kind of all have over the last year, I think, you know, we, we just kind of like, we are just, we're just expecting Aubameyang just to click one day and it's all going to fall into place. You know, yeah, fine. All players go through bad patches of form. Um, but, you know, I, I've been kind of guilty of it over the last year of maybe not accepting that maybe Aubameyang is on a decline. You know, we've made excuses saying that the, the team isn't making chances for him, which is true to a certain degree. But also, we also need to take into account, OK, how has Aubameyang impacted the team's creativity? You know, is Aubameyang getting himself into the positions that he was 18 months ago? It, you know, I'm, I think the two probably do go hand in hand. I do feel like that it needs to be weighted. There is an issue... 100% with creating chances last year. 
but there also I think we I think we all need to admit there was probably was an issue with Aubameyang last year and and his um, influence on the side and his performances. You know, um, Sean, you you've been one of Obis staunchest kind of def, uh, you know defenders, I guess. Um, are you worried yet? Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm extremely worried. Um, I mean, for, for a couple of reasons. So one of the things is that, um, you know, we know what Aubameyang is. We know what we signed him as. Do you know what I mean? We know that he's not someone who contributes heavily to build up. Um, but it seems and it's apparent that that's what Arteta wants from his striker. Do you know what I mean? You know how Lacazette's always dropping to combine and link. But we we know and we've known that's always that's never been Aubameyang's game. So and, and this is where, you know, we come back to the, the debate around um you know, the renewal of um, his contract, because if you were going to renew it, the renewal now is looking like a PR move just because of, you know, he helped us win the FA Cup and, you know, oh, the the PR looks bad if we let him go and and we don't, and we don't resign him. But, you know, Arteta's used him on the left, then he moved him up front in the second half of the season, but now pre-season he's back on the left again. Do you know what I mean? So that's indicate, indicate, oh, I hate that word. You know, it just indicates to me here that he he doesn't have the full plan for what he how he wants to use Aubameyang. Do you know what I mean? So and this is a 32-year-old striker who, who shouldn't really be in shuttle runs up and down the wing. So, um, yeah, I agree with what Robin said. He, he just doesn't, I don't think he particularly fits what, Arteta um, does like I mean it could be just be a natural age curve age curve thing where he's sort of declined but at the same time you know Aubameyang's experience like his lowest goal scoring tallies in the last 80 months under Arteta do you know what I mean before that under Emery he was scoring a shed load and you know and we had our big critics of Emery he scored 31 goals <laughs> in all comps under Emery so yeah I, I feel like it's a bit of a twofold I feel like maybe it's the way Arteta sets up but also maybe Aubameyang just is naturally declining as well and also for what Arteta um Arteta wants in the system, or Aubameyang isn't um, the right fit, which obviously then raises the question of why did you give him a 350k um, record? If he doesn't it, fit, yeah. Yeah, because because I think the guy Yo-Yo just said as well, which which made sense as well, was like, when we bought Aubameyang under, under Wenger, he scored 10 in 13 games. Do you know what I mean? Under Wenger, he's, he was, and he's, he's been ruthless pretty much up until Arteta came. So this is, you know, um, so I, yeah, I think I attribute blame to a few people. But again, we can't completely absolve Aubameyang of any blame. He has to take certain responsibility himself because, you know, people keep saying, and to an extent, you know, Arteta's system is not helping him. But, you know, the likes of Saka in the ESR have thrived big time under Arteta. So, exactly. yeah. And so, even so Lacazette I, has kind of... Yeah, and, and you know, Lacazette. yeah, Lacazette has done better. So I don't think we can put that all on Arteta. Do you know what I mean? Because at the end of the day, like even though we have our reservations on the coach, it's not like he doesn't want us to win the game. He doesn't want us to score goals. Do you know what I mean? We can debate the system and how effective it is in terms of getting out of certain individuals. Um, I think, yeah, if you wanted to, for, for me, like I said, if if you're going to make Aubameyang your main man, you have to just build around him like Kyle was at Dortmund, you know, where he was surrounded with Dembele, Mkhitaryan, and Royce, high touch creators around him. And you could probably do that at Arsenal. But the question is, I don't think that's how um, Arteta wants to set up. I think he wants his nine heavily involved in build-up as well and that's just not a Bamiyang so um there's a there's a stylistic clash here um so and you know the Lautaro Martinez links like you know he's a striker who who combines but he also you know he does a bit of like what we want Lacazette to do but he's also in the box at the end of things as well so um stylistically I can see why we'd have more of an interest there so yeah I I just just to conclude um I'm worried I I feel like 
the contract's just been a big mistake. I think, um, you know, you mentioned Elliot. Elliot made a good point on Arsenal Vision as well. He was like, you know, when you give someone a contract, you project what they're going to do, not reward them for necessarily what they've done. Because, you know what I mean, that there's no guarantee that they're going to continue, you know, can continue doing it. So I think 350k a week, now that's a noose around our necks that we're not going to be able to to get rid. Do you know what I mean? So we, it, it, there's a debate that we might have just created another Ozil problem. And on top of that, we also have Lacazette on 180k a week as well. So, um, so you know, it's, it's a tough one. So I feel like some of the problems have been self-inflicted, but also we just have still a crazy wage bill where we have a lot of players earning too much money and that might be hampering the fact that we can't get some out and you're struggling to get some in. There's no yeah. debate that we have absolutely created another um, Ozil situation. Like we have, for, for, for me, there's no debate. Like Ozil did not recreate anything near the form post-contract uh, extension than he did beforehand. Um and yeah, we can say systems, the listed club. We can say whatever change of coach. What we, we, there, there the are many things about right? but these are all relevant factors now for Aubameyang. So yeah, like yeah, you know, you, you you the 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 fee is the projection of what you expect from the player, or the the wage. Sorry, the salary is the projection of what you expect from the player. He has failed for. Um, how long now? For twelve months now, he's failed. Yeah, um, you know, I can't, I, I, I cannot see unless there are significant changes um, that take place. Like I said earlier, with the coach, but also with the personnel and those players around him, I cannot see how this gets better. I can see how Aubameyang's form improves slightly. Into Aubameyang's output, sorry, improves slightly um, because last year I just think was probably the worst of his. Um, playing career since he's been a central striker, um, that return, those numbers. So I can see how they improve. I don't think they will be as low as, but um, yeah, man, like I can't see it getting to, to, to anywhere which justifies paying the guy or continuing to pay him 350k a week. But I also can't see how we fix this situation and get rid of him without taking another huge hit on the money or paying it down, you know? Mm-hmm. We aren't getting rid of him. We ain't got. Yeah. We ain't getting rid of him. No. We got no. the same issue with Lacazette. This is why I can't really see this Martinez link. Yeah. I mean, even coupled with the fact that Lukaku looks like he's going Chelsea, there's no. I mean, I didn't think it was possible before, you know, um, for us to sign Latoro. Um, but now the fact that Inter have, you know, sold Lukaku to Chelsea, I think it's you know, it's just it, there's no chance of it happening. But it, it does interest me these links to Latoro. But you know we haven't shifted Lacazette yet. So how we haven't shifted Eddie still? Do you know what I mean? We like we, Eddie, you know, and, and you know like we we're just where the, the problem is still like you know we were moaning in Jan about the squad being bloated. The squad is still very much bloated now. Mm-hmm. We have a lot of players, but there's just not enough quality. Mate, we got Kalasnach coming on in preseason games. Like what the fuck? <laughs> you know, like it's it's insane. Um, I mean, I would love to talk about Latoro Martinez, but I just don't. I just don't really want to waste too much time talking about a subject that, you know, is probably just paper talk, PR stunts. And this is this is what's kind of worrying me a little bit about this Arsenal transfer window is that we're getting a lot of stuff now that potentially could be used to, you know. Um, you know that whole 
thing that Arsenal, the board used to do with, oh, you know, at least we tried for this player. And then it, all of a sudden it becomes a narrative about what Arsenal tried as opposed to what Arsenal actually did. Um, and I feel like we're entering that territory. Oh, we tried to sign Locatelli. Oh, we tried to sign Ruben Neves. Oh, we tried to sign James Madison. Oh, we tried to sign Latoro Martinez um, or Latoro Martinez, whatever his name is. Um, I feel like we're entering that dangerous, that dangerous territory now, and it's worrying me a little bit. Um, we look like we just sold Joe Willock. You guys seen the news? I've seen the link, uh, but I think it was from 90 Minute Football, so I don't know how reliable that link is. Do you know what I mean? So I think we have to wait for someone a bit more mainstream to report okay. that news. Um, but yeah, I, I feel like we, we, we need to, do you know what I mean? Because we, we've spoken about, um, you know, in relation to Xhaka about protecting value, but at the same time, I feel like, yeah, COVID has messed stuff up because, you know, we were talking about rejecting um 25 mil for Bellerin last summer, 15 mil for um, Ainsley Maitland-Niles um, last summer. No one's bidding for any of these players now. Do you know what I mean? So we're in a we're in a really sticky situation to the point where, you know, reports are talking about us offering some of these players yeah. in a bid to try and get James Madison. So and they don't want him. And, and they don't want And to well, be fair, anyway. yeah, and to be fair, but at the same time, why would they want him? Unless they're ahead of us in the table, do you know what I mean? So... Yeah, what are they going to do if, with Reece Nelson? Well, if, or, if, yeah. if, if we don't want them, why would, why would Leicester want them? What do they stand to benefit? What do they stand to gain? So, yeah, it's, it's, it's a really sticky situation. But, I mean, to be fair, these guys have four weeks left. I don't really want to hear any excuses. We've only made one significant purchase for the starting lineup. Obviously, Lokonga and Tavares, decent squad players, not, not a problem with that. Raise the floor of the ceiling, as some people will say, but we really need to raise the ceiling. The, the ceiling is still lacking, lacking, lacking massively. Obviously, I'm not expecting us to do anything in centre mid after the Xhaka renewal now, but I think as a minimum, we need a 10. We need a goalkeeper. We need a right back. Um, I, obviously, I would like, you know, Lautaro as well, but I just think realistically that's not feasible until we can shift. Um, so I think, yeah, for me, it, it would, you know, what would big this window up a bit more is if you've got an Anana like um, a Baku, a Menino at right back, and then, you know, a Madison at 10, then, you know, I feel like we've improved the starting 11 a bit more. But yeah, until then, I, I, if not, yeah, I think it's going to be a long season. Yeah, I mean, let's talk a little bit about James Madison, um, because uh, this seems to be the only bright spark we've actually got fucking left of this transfer window, right? And if this doesn't happen, then Jesus Christ. You know, we're in big, big trouble because I, you know, like you said, we've got four weeks left. Um, there's been no strong links to any player other than James Madison. Um, you know, I, the, the links that are Ramsar seem to have called off. Um, I mean, I'm sure that can just reappear at, at any time, really, um, if Sheffield United then decide they need to, you know, get some money in. But um, let's, let's talk about James Madison because there are talks this week that we've made a bid of 60 million or, you know, was it 60 million and a player as well? I, I'm not too sure what the actual figures were, but um, have, I know we did like the Madison patron piece where we gave our, uh, our prediction on just how likely we think the the signing is. I think I gave about like 20% off 30% shell, and I think you said 50, but I feel like you wanted to go a little bit higher. Uh, Shabs, I, can't did I, did I, say, said. I said, I said 50. Yeah, that's what I said. Yeah, uh, I, I need to revise that and take that down to like 15. 
hindsight, hindsight. But at the time, you had the energy. You were saying, yeah, yeah you was loaded. My my, my my energy is drained now. I'm tired. I'm, I'm, these people have sapped, like, you know, the, the Jacare Neal actually just drained all my energy. Like, it just sapped all the excitement of, for the season out of me. Um, so, yeah, this, this, this is where I am, man. This, I sound, and I hope, like, you know, the listeners are probably like, this is depressing, but I'm sorry, I am depressed. <laughs> this is very, very I'm depressing. Depressed. Depressed, so, yeah. we just, we just, yeah, do you know what I mean? And, and when you compare it to what our rivals are doing, do you know what I mean? Chelsea are about to spend 120, 30 mil on Lukaku, and that's pretty much the only real that and a sense that they're trying to buy Kunde. So, Lukaku and Kunde, <laughs> they pretty much address their weaknesses and they're ready to challenge for the title. So, um, you know, and that's those are the people we're trying to compete with. You know, you don't even talk about teams like Man City because that's that's not attainable. United have bought well in Varane and Sancho so far. Um, Liverpool have got all their defenders back. Canate added as well. So, you know, what about Aston Villa? You know, they seem to be the new flavour of the month. That yeah, I've, I've, shake their about. <laughs> yeah, no, I think they've done some good business. I think for that for that level, um, when Dr. Bailey, um, Ings, it's good signings. But realistically, I don't see that making a dent on the top six. I think it would have to be. You know, they would have to. Some people would have to really, really perform above their level. Um, so, I don't see it personally. But I think it's good business to replace Grealish. I think they've done well there um, mm. with the signings and rumours that they want Todd Cantwell as well. So, yeah, I, I think I think it would be. It's all decent business. Um, they're spending a lot of money, aren't they? Yeah, they are. They are. They're spending. They're spending a lot of money. Million. Danny Ying's thirty million last year of yeah. contract. On a, yeah, yeah. What, Danny Ings is 28? 28, 29, isn't he? So. Yeah, and, and you know, I, I like Danny Ings a lot, and I think we spoke about him as a striker, you know, as a potential backup for us. But, I mean, the, the, one thing about did concern me about Danny Ings is just, like, his goal-scoring record isn't the greatest. You know, he's not a certified shooter. He scored more than um, 15 goals in the league campaign on two years in his whole career, you know? So he's not like a certified shooter. Um, but yeah, man, look, I'm just going to be turning into an Aston Villa hater for the rest of the season because I've got so many bets on with people saying that, you know, I've got one with Olo saying that he isn't, um, Olo thinks that Villa are going to finish above Arsenal. Um, I took that bet on it with him several weeks ago before I even knew Grealish, you know, before Grealish was confirmed to go or before Villa signed any of these players. He also thought Emil Smith Rowe was going to go to Villa as well. So I think uh, that compounded that. I've also taken one on with Meads as well. He seems to think that Arsenal were in trouble. And, you know, but we, we've seen this before with Everton, man. Everton did the same thing. Oh, Everton are going to make top four because they signed fucking Gilfie Sigurdsson. And um, fuck it. Who else, did, who else did Everton sign? And people were making an absolute. Yeah, they had one for Ronaldo signing Gilfie, Schneiderlin. They were yeah, signing that's players. Yeah, but really and truly, they were all just players that they plucked from mid mid table obscurity. Yeah, they got other Madison, They got um, Bernard. Bernard, yeah, yeah, yeah. They I think we wanted Bernard. Then we went, oh fuck, you know, I've ever got Bernard. We lost our shit. The same thing we lost our shit about Wendy with. The facts are, we this these things seem to happen all the time, right? Mm. They seem to happen all the time. These clubs, they come in, they shake the table a bit with some decent signings that everyone seems to like. Like they're the fans' flavor of the month, you know. Buendia, everyone swears blind that he's. You know the best thing since sliced bread. 
you know. But you know, a, a lot. What makes me laugh is a lot of Arsenal fans were kind of turning their nose up at Wendy, saying, "Oh no, we don't think he's good enough for us." But then as soon as he shines for Aston Villa, it's like, "Oh my God, they've got Wendy! They've got Wendy!" If you had said to Arsenal fans, "We would sign Dan, um, Danny Ings thirty million last year of his contract as our starting striker," people would have lost their shit. You know, so people um, would have been up in arms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, it's it's an interesting project. Don't get me wrong, and you know they've got some decent young players there. So if it wasn't for my agenda and my bets, I would I would wish them all the best. But um, they they tried to come after Emil Smith Rowe, and for that they must pay. They must pay. They must pay. Um, <laughs> any any other news that we need to wrap up on before uh, we call it a night? Any other bits and pieces? No, no, no. Uh, all right, cool. We'll, we'll, we'll call it a night there then, guys. Um, everyone tuning in on YouTube, thank you for listening. Um, if you want some extra Touchy Gooners content, you know, if, if you just can't go to sleep tonight and you need some extra Touchy Gooners content, you know, there is the Patreon, right? You can go and sign up and go listen to a couple episodes. You know, that will put you to bed. That will put you to sleep, all right? Um, don't know what I'm talking about, guys. Don't know what I'm talking about, but uh, yeah. We'll be back uh, this week with another patron piece. Hopefully some more positive news, man. Fuck, you know, this is depressing. You know, it's we're three weeks away, lads. We're three weeks away. Well, you know? it's bl- it's well, a week away. A week away from playing Brentford. You know? Oh, it's the, don't look at us. Look at the man them running the club. There's three of them. That the Tweedledee, Tweedledum and Tweedle fucking Pratt. <laughs> you know? Anyway. All right. All right, lads. We'll, I like that uh, for the pod title, by the way. Yeah. 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 All right. All right. Cool, lads. Take it easy, and we'll we'll be back next week. Thank you. It's got to two-two, and we've still got more than half an hour to go. And here's Özil, Lacazette, Özil. Yo. Could have had that fight, but I'm in walk on site. Man, I had to grab that mic. You're not gonna spit this time. Trying to work with a good oh, energy. Man, you're gonna work with a bad man vibe. None of these guys can't do it. It's amazing. It's amazing. That's the response of Arsenal. Cross the line. Score for my team in the time I play. Where better know when man Chelsea. Sports Social Podcast Network.